And so if you got your Bibles out with you, do me a favor, turn to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, I'm believing, I'm going to kind of give you a disclaimer for the message today. Uh, I'm believing for God to do some, some miracles at the end of this message today. I'm believing uh, for us to step out in faith today. I'm believing for us to, to take a chance to get out of our comfort zone today. And so Matthew chapter uh, 8, verse 5 through 13, this is what it says. We're going we're gonna to go quick, download sermon notes, get your Bibles out, let's go. Jesus returned the, uh, uh, I used to say Capernaum, but Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with Jesus. He said, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed, and in terrible pain. Jesus said, I will come, and I'll heal him. Like for us, can I get an amen? Like that's great. Like thank you, Jesus. I got a word. Come on, Jesus, come to my house, you know. And, but this is what he says. But the officer said, Lord, I am not worthy for you to come to my house. Whether it's not clean, or he felt like he wasn't saved enough, or because he was a Roman soldier. But Jesus, he says, I'm not worthy for you to come into my home, but just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. Just say the word. You don't need to come, but just say the word, and my servant will be healed. I know this because I'm under the authority of my superior officers, and I have the authority over my soldiers. I only need to say, go, they go, or come, and they come. Notice he's a Roman soldier, not a parent. Can I get an amen? Uh, you know, so, but when I say to my slaves, do this, they do that. But when Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. Then Jesus said, because, he, then Jesus said to the Roman officer, go back home, because you believed it has happened, and the young servant was saved, or that young servant was healed in that very same hour. Let's pray to your Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your church. Father, I thank you that your word is living, it's active, it's powerful. And Father, again, I just, I'm so grateful for Martin Luther King Jr. Father, I'm thankful for those that are coming uh, to this planet to make an eternal difference in our country and all across the world for your praise and your glory. In Jesus' name, and I pray, Packers lose to the Cowboys. Amen. Amen. Come on. Had to slide that one in there. Title of my today, title of uh, my talk today is I'm certain. I'm certain. Now, uh, I'm going to be transparent with you. As I write messages, I want to craft that great, really good title. You know what I'm talking about? Like, oh, this is a good title. I like this title. Uh, the, the, my original title was uh, I'm Positive. Like, I'm positive. And, uh, but because of the wonderful medical industry that we're in, I realized that uh, I'm positive is actually a negative. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you know, like, am I okay? You're negative. Is that good or bad? I don't, I don't understand. So I'm just going to name it I'm certain. Is that okay, church? I'm certain. I am certain. Now, there, there are some things that uh, are kind of our, our word for this month, and very what well might be our word for 2024, is possible. Is possible. All things are possible with God. All things are possible through Jesus, through God and and I but I understand there's some cliche that can kind of sound cliche-ish for a church, right? Like God's gonna do more in, two, in 2024, you know? Like I like I get it. And and if you're new here, you're going, come on, another cliche word. But I just feel like that is a specific word for our church. I feel like that is a specific word for us to say, you know what? I'm gonna I'm, I am certain that God can do the possible in my life and the life of our church. I am certain, but but I would be amiss if I said all things are possible through Christ Jesus. Because there, there are some things that are 
impossible, right? If you're brand new, I'm not a heretic. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not speaking something that's not gospel. But, but with the help of AI, AI generated some things for me. But, but, and so, you know, we have a younger audience as well. We got, we got, we diverse church, multi-generational church. But there are some things that that I know are impossible. It is impossible for you just doing the Daniel fast, you know. Like, it is impossible. Uh, uh, this, and this guy's probably fasting. I don't know. But it is, it is impossible to go without food or water for an extended amount of time, right? It is impossible to go months and months and months without food or water. It's impossible. I also know it is impossible uh, uh, to breathe underwater unaided without, without a snorkel, without gear, without scuba gear. Is this weird? I'm just trying this out today. This is weird. The 11 a.m. will not get these weird pictures, all right? But I know, but you'll forever remember this. It is impossible to breathe underwater without the aid of some sort of breathing device. It is impossible to defy gravity without any type of assistance, right? Look at this poor guy, right? It is impossible to defy gravity without an airplane, without whatever. But there are some things that once were impossible, it's become possible. Now, showing those images on the screen might have showed my age, but I am 40, everybody. Come on. All right. But now, I don't know about you, but they said, guys, it is possible to fly in an airplane, to travel. Here it is. I'd be like, I'm not getting on that thing. Like, I don't know where your faith is, but I'm not getting on that aeroplane, right? Uh, there are some things that were uh, impossible. It was impossible to, to communicate to someone in another city, in another country, uh, but ladies and gentlemen, if you're born uh, under uh, under 2000, this was a telephone back then, and uh, and this is somebody's wallpaper. You're having flashbacks right now, aren't you? I know you are. You know, and this here, if you're younger in this room, 11 a.m. I'm gonna have to spend five extra minutes on this. Uh, but these are numbers, and uh, you got really upset when somebody had a zero in their phone number because you had to go all the way around, wait for the thing, and then two. And three, right? And finally call their number. And then this is a cord. You were restricted to that one area. So we never had private conversations. And, and some of you are like, Pastor, are you that old? No, we were just poor, you know. Like we couldn't afford that wireless stuff. And, and uh, But also, uh, basically everything that we watch, I'm, 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 I'm really, I'm, I, I, I know I'm old, but anything from the Jetsons has come true. Amen. Right, like FaceTime, vacuum, uh, things that are moving, like, like basically everything that they watched in Jetson said, that's impossible, has all become possible. So there are some things that are impossible that will never happen, but there are also some things that were once impossible that are now possible. But I want you to know, there are some things that are impossible for God. I am a well-rounded preacher, everybody. Come on, somebody. But there are some things that are impossible for God. For example, it is impossible for God to lie. God cannot lie. It's impossible for him to lie. The, the, the devil is the author of like Some of you just went, oh, thank God. I thought I was going to change the church. <laughs> it's impossible for you to change the church. But Numbers 23, is, God is not a man that he, 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 that he should lie. God, it is impossible for God to lie. Can I get an Amen. It is also, it is impossible for God to change. The Bible says, I am the Lord, I do not change. Hebrews says, Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God does not change. He does not change. It is impossible for him to change because it's in his word. It's impossible. 
for God to change. Also, it is impossible, and I think this is really going to help us, right? It's impossible for God to deny himself. He cannot deny himself. The Bible says when we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. That is a good word for us today. But also, it is impossible for God to be tempted by evil. James said, remember, when you're being tempted, do not say God's tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong. He'll test us, but he won't tempt us. And he never tempts anyone else. God, it's impossible for God to be tempted by evil. But also, this is what I'm standing on for this year. It's impossible for God to break his promises. It is impossible for God to break his promises. The truth gives them confidence that they have eternal life with God, which does not, who does not lie. Promise them before the world began. It is impossible. If the promises is in God's word, he cannot break his word. So many times as a pastor, I'll open up the Bible and say, Lord, it says it right here. And I'll call him out. Sometimes he corrects me. You know, ah, you know. But I will say, this is your promise. I am standing on your promises. I challenge you. If you're praying for God for something, I challenge you, what promise are you standing on? What scripture are you standing on today? See, there are many things that were impossible that God made possible. One of my favorite stories in Genesis chapter 18, if you're reading the Bible right now, you've already, you're almost to this point in your 365-day reading plan. And this is the story of Abraham and Sarah. They're a married couple. They're praying to God for a child. They're praying for God to have children. They do not have children. They're unable to have kids. And then they, they, the, the Lord came. They believe oh, there's this Jesus or the Lord himself. They believe Jesus came down, spoke to Abraham. And then one of them said, I'll return you this time next year, and your wife Sarah will have a son. Hallelujah. But she's about 90-some years old. And this is what Sarah says. I love Sarah. Sarah was listening. Girl. I don't think they had insulation. They just had a tent. You know what I mean? Like, and she was listening to this conversation from the tent. Abraham and Sarah were both very old by this time. Sarah was long past the age of having children. Then it says this. And then she laughs silently to herself. <laughs> I've seen it sometimes in my messages too. It's okay. Ha <laughs> pastor. She laughed silently to herself. How can a worn out woman like me enjoy such pleasure? Especially when my master, my husband, he is also so old. I like that, that she's worn out, but he's old. <laughs> then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? And Abraham was like, what? Why did she laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like, Lord, you said old, she said worn out, whatever. How can an old woman like me have the baby? Is anything too hard for God? Is anything too hard for the Lord? She said that about this time next year, she will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she denied it, saying, I didn't laugh. But the Lord said, no, you did laugh. I love that. I just, it's in the scripture. It's just, it's just Sarah denied I didn't laugh. The Lord said, yeah, you did. This is a spiritual, this is our Heavenly Father right here. I did not, you did. Because God made what was impossible possible. And I just want to challenge us today why not us? Why not you? Why do I have to read the Old Testament or even the New Testament? To read of miracles when God's doing miracles today. He's doing miracles within our midst. So if you're taking notes today, real simple message today is how to see the impossible become possible with God. How to see the 
impossible become possible with God. Now, before I share point number one, uh, I'm trying to be a good pastor. It's all C's today. That's how good I am, all right? It's a, it's a good pastor, right? But how to see the impossible become possible, I want to read Matthew chapter 14. And this is when the disciples were in the boat. And the disciples were in trouble far away from land for a strong wind had risen. They were fighting heavy waves. About 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them walking on the water. Many of us know this story, but I want us to kind of pull out some gems out of this message. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once and said, don't be afraid. He said, take courage, for I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Lord, if it's you, this is, mo- this is half of my prayers. Lord, if this is you, Lord, if, if this is you, open, give me a sign. Give me something, Jesus. I, I, I'm so afraid of making the wrong decision. I'm so afraid of making the wrong choice. God, God, I need to know if this is you, if it's the devil, or if it's bad pizza last night. Back in December, of course, you know. Tell me to come, you're walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus says. So Peter went over the side of the boat, walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind of the waves, he was terrified. He began to sing, save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith. Why did you doubt me? If I was Peter, I'd be like, I walked on water, though, you know, like. But he said, you have a little faith. Why did you doubt me? But when they saw Jesus, they were terrified. They said, it's a ghost. And then Jesus said, don't be afraid. Take courage. The original meaning of courage, begin to study that out. It stood out to me this past week. It said, take courage. What does that mean? Be brave. And they're like, Lord, it's, it's nuts out here. There's a storm out here. Uh, uh, you know, take courage. But the original word courage is translated into confidence. So he says, don't be afraid, have confidence. Don't be afraid, have confidence. So how do I see the impossible become possible? I want you to have confidence. I want you to have confidence. I want you to have confidence. Confidence. Here's what confidence means, that word. Confidence is a multifaceted word that encompasses within Christian thought a range of aspects. Faith in God, certainty and assurance of one's relationship with God. It's a sense of boldness. Have confidence in God. It's a sense of boldness. It's it's such a faith in God that's dependent on the realization of one's acceptance by God and a conviction that one's destiny is secure in God. To put one's ultimate trust or confidence in God. The Lord. I want you to see this terminology here. What it's really saying, it's saying identity is linked to faith. Your identity is linked to faith. Now, I don't intend to do a faith message today. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. Uh, But, man, there's just something about having confidence in the Lord that changes your identity. That changes your identity. Identity. The Roman soldier came to Jesus and said, I know my place. And I know where authority lies, so just say the word. Peter was saying, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. Invite me into the miraculous situation. There's a confidence that has to take place. Now, hear me out. I think there's a tension when I say, be confident. I know some Christians that are a little too confident. 
that they're arrogant. Now, I want you to understand, arrogance is having too much confidence in yourself. Arrogance is having too confidence in myself. I'm, I'm too legit. I can't quit, right? Like, I just, I make things happen. There is an arrogance that is not attractional because arrogance is having too much confidence in yourself. But if arrogance is having too much confidence in yourself, I want you to realize this. Sometimes we say, man, I need to be humble before the Lord. Uh, man, humble yourself. If my people would humble themselves and they would pray, I will heal your land. Sometimes we think humility is like that guy in the desert. Humility is just, I'm so, I'm so broken. And, and yes, there's a time and place for that. But I want you to understand, if, if arrogance is having too much confidence, then you can be confident and humble at the same time. You can be confident and humble at the same time. You can say, it all belongs, I, I just trust Jesus, but I know who I am in Christ. I know that he has it all under control. I know that he is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. I know that nothing is impossible with God. But there is a, that you can be humble and confident at the same time. What's interesting is Peter said, tell me to come. But the soldiers said, just say the word. Peter said, come on. I love Peter though, right? Because he walked on water, but the soldier just got a word and it happened. See, Peter needed an invitation, but the soldier just needed permission. God, you tell me when and where. Because I know what you can do. I know you're the miracle working God. And I think sometimes we've been so let down. I think sometimes we've been so discouraged. Uh, I think sometimes we've prayed those big prayers. I feel like there's individuals in this room, you're saying, Pastor, not, not, I, just, I, I, I don't have it in me. I just challenge you, will you place your full confidence in Jesus? I am confident that, that, I'm confident that someday, uh, that someday I'm, I'm deaf. I'm deaf in this year. I'm hard of hearing this year. I'm confident that someday I'm going to be lying in bed at night wishing I had earplugs because I can hear the planes flying overhead. But I'm going to be so happy and so full of joy that that Lord has placed that burden in my life because he healed my ears. I'm confident he will heal my ears, whether it's here on this planet or it's in heaven someday. I am confident that he will heal me, whether it's on this earth or in heaven. But I'm still, I still love him. I still serve him. But I'm confident in Jesus. But the offer says, Lord, I am not worthy for you to come to my house. But just say the word. I know this. Because of, I am under the authority. I know this because of my authority. I know this because of who I serve. Friends, if you don't walk away with anything today, I want you to write this down. I am positive of my position. Man, I am positive of my position. You are not in control. I am not in control. Man, his, his yoke is easy. And his burden is light. Man, his timing is perfect. Man, his timing is selfless. Man, he, is, he loves us so much. You are a man of God. You are a woman of God. I know my, I am positive of my position. When I know who I am in Christ Jesus, I, be, I believe I'll be able to see the impossible become possible. Is this good? Amen. So number one. Number one, be confident. Be confident. Be confident. Be confident. Be confident. Number two, check your conversations. Check your conversations. All C's, pretty good, huh? 
But the Bible says, the Bible says this in James, or Proverbs, excuse me. I'm learning to read. It says the tongue can bring death or life. Those that love to talk reap the consequences. I'm in trouble. But those who love to talk will reap the consequences because our tongue can bring life or death. Now I want you to understand, on this faith journey, I've been serving God for most of my life. Gave, my, gave him my, my entire heart uh, in high school. Before that, I just knew how to play church, even in junior high. Um, when I gave him, my, gave him my life, I went all in on Jesus. Went into Bible college, been in ministry now for 21 years. And faith, faith is still such an interesting topic. Faith, without, uh, you know, faith is the substance of things hoped for. I mean, it is impossible to please God without faith. Um, I also think there's some things that um, I don't believe I have the spiritual maturity to speak it into existence because God is, he's, he is all-knowing. God has plans for my life. He knows much more than I know. Uh, his ways are not my ways. His thoughts are not my thoughts. But I just want to challenge you today, isn't it better to speak faith than it is to kill it? Isn't it better just to say, ah, it could happen. Hey, that's what I believe. Because you know what prayer is? Prayer is a conversation. Prayer is a conversation. I am not including you in my conversations with Jesus. It is me and Jesus in my prayer closet. I'm praying crazy stuff. I'd probably be embarrassed to share with you my crazy prayers. But isn't it better just to speak faith than it is to kill? Oh, it'll never happen. Oh, it'll, it just won't ever take place. Ah, I'm always sick at this time. Ah, I just can't get out of debt. Wouldn't it just be better to say, I'm going to get out of debt in Jesus' name. I'm not going to be sick in Jesus' name. So I understand if you're like throwing up and coughing and you're like, I won't be sick in Jesus' name. I mean, I get, yeah. Keep speaking it, brother. But wouldn't it just be better to speak faith? There has been studies that be revealed that there is power in our tongue of life and of death, that, that what you speak, you believe. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, faith comes by hearing, that is hearing the good news about Jesus. I was once on a plane with a friend, and uh, he was a traveling evangelist. And I remember, you know how airplanes are, and it's early. And I remember, you know, I just, I just want to sleep on the plane. You know, I just want to get in my seat. And I just want to sleep. And this is before, like, Southwest Airlines where it's like you have to pick your seat, which is weird because I look at people and go, I want to sit next to you, you know. Like, it's just weird. I hate picking my seat. I like an assigned seat. And I remember I sat next to my friend, and I'm sitting there. I'm getting all comfortable. And all of a sudden I just hear whispering. Like just this whispering, and I and, and that's a miracle in itself because I can't hear, you know, and and maybe it wasn't whispering, maybe he was talking loud, but it was whisper for me, whatever, and and so I hear whispering, and I turn and I look at him, and he's reading his Bible, and he's got the Bible open, right, <laughs> you know, and so he's reading his Bible, but he's reading it out loud. He says, "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God," and I was almost like, "Shut up," you know what I mean, like. Quiet, you know, like I want to sleep, you know. And I asked him, I go, I was kind of annoyed, and I go, Why are you reading out loud? And he was, he was older than I was, and he goes, Because the Bible says faith comes by hearing, and I want to hear God's word today. And I was like, That's interesting. Good night. You know what I mean? Like, but friends, I would rather hope than the rot.
I'd rather pray for something good than to assume the worst. I think for some of us, we're too confident in the worst taking place. We're too confident to I mean, just assume the worst, wish for the best. That's how I live my life. Man, faith is a substance of things hoped for. Man, let's hope for some stuff. Let's believe for some stuff. Let's say all things, man, it is, it is, all things are possible through Christ Jesus. We have already seen miracles in our church. We, people are taking the 90-day tithe challenge. They're, they're emailing us back saying, God's doing a miracle in my finances. It's 90 days isn't even up. We got people that are sharing the devotionals that are coming right on time exactly when they need to hear these words. We are getting, we are getting prayers that are being answered in our church. We got a Slack channel for our entire prayer team. The moment a prayer comes in, boom, the entire team gets a prayer. They pray for us. They pray for you. Because they're just crazy enough to believe that they have hope and faith and they believe that God can do the possible. That he can make all things possible. I want you to see these two characters in the Bible. I want you to see Peter, and I want you to see the Roman soldier. Peter, who's a disciple of Christ, jacked up just like us. Then I want you to see a Roman soldier. And I want you to see this. Peter called him and said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. The Roman soldier said, just say the word. But here's the thing. Different responses still saw a miracle. Different responses still saw a miracle. They talked in faith before they walked in faith. They talked in faith before they walked in faith. They talked by faith before they walked in faith. If you're brand new today, I just ask you to trust us. That we are a life-giving church. We're a well-rounded church. But we're a church that believes God's word. I'm just so tired of hearing negative things. I'm so tired of us talking ourselves out of a miracle. I'm so tired of giving, us, giving ourselves permission not to pray and not to fast. Giving ourselves permission, we're just going to be let down anyways. But what if? What if? Man, what if? Peter said, if it's you. The Roman soldier said, just tell me when. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 8. I want you to see... This is just one chapter. I'm not even breaking up the scriptures. This is, one, this is one chapter in the Bible. We're getting our Bible in today. This is one chapter of people who talk faith before they walked faith. As Jesus was saying this, a leader of the synagogue came, knelt before him. My daughter has just died. He said, but you can bring her back to life again if you just come and lay hands on her. What's he doing? Speaking faith. Jesus, if you could just come. Jesus, if you could just come. So Jesus and his disciples got up and they went with him. Just then, a woman who had suffered from 12 years with constant bleeding came up behind him. She touched the fringe of his robe for she thought, if I could just touch his robe, I'll be healed. He got interrupted. Like, my daughter's sick. Let's go. All right, I said, someone touched me. What is going on here? Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed in that moment. So Jesus is like, awesome. What, what great faith. Let's go. What were we doing? You know, like, we're going to go heal the dead girl. Let's go get the dead girl. And then all of a sudden, when Jesus arrived at the official's home, he saw a noisy crowd and he heard funeral music. Get out, he told them. The girl isn't dead. She's only asleep. Sometimes we picture Jesus as this, like, humble guy. 
And when he comes into your home, he's going to go, get out! I need people of faith in the room. Leave! I'm sorry. I'm fired up. I'm fasting. That's why, okay? But the crowd laughed at him. <laughs> Crazy. Man, Sarah laughed, and the crowd laughed. Do our prayers make people laugh? Who in the, who in the world is Avenue Church? How'd they get that place? How'd they get the influence, man? How did, how did signs and wonders show up at Avenue Church? Who's the pastors? I don't care. It's Avenue Church. God's there. It's amazing. It's incredible what God is doing at Avenue Church in the city of Las Vegas, Nevada. After the crowd was put outside, <laughs> get out! However, Jesus went in. He took the girl by the hand, and she stood up. She got resurrected. After Jesus left the girl's home, two blind men followed along. <laughs> He's like, hey, guys, I got to teach you. I got a sermon for you. My daughter's dead. Okay, let's go here. He lives. All of a sudden, someone touches her. What happened? I'm healed. You're healed, too. All right, awesome. Goes to the girl's house. She's not dead. Get out. Heals her. Stands her up on her feet. She's now alive. She's probably saying, can I have your phone? Okay, sorry. Out of context. You guys are tough. I always have a, a joke. I'm going to be in my casket dead, and my son's going to lean over and say, can I have your phone? No. After Jesus left the girls home, two blind men followed behind him shouting, Son of David, have mercy on us. They went right into the house where he was saying, because they didn't need an invitation. They knew who they were in Christ. They knew where their position was. They knew who had the authority. Jesus asked them, do you believe I can make you see? Do you believe that I can do the impossible? Do you believe? And they said, we do. That was it. We do. Sometimes our, our <sighs> I wonder if sometimes the longer the prayers we pray, we tend to pray ourselves out of the miracle. And all they said is, we do. We do. Then he touched their eyes and said, because of your faith, because you believed, it will happen. This is right here, verse 29, now verse 30. Then their eyes were open, and they could see. Verse 32, when they left, a demon-possessed man who couldn't speak was brought to Jesus. A man who couldn't talk. A man who couldn't speak. All those other people, they were speaking faith before they walked in faith. But a man who was possessed by a demon could not talk. He could not talk. So Jesus cast out the demon. Then the man began to speak. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. I want you to check your conversation. Because they talked in faith before they walked in faith. So I want you to get confidence in Jesus Christ. I want you to check your conversation, check your words, check your speech. I am so guilty of this, writing things down, saying, well, because of, and because of this, and because, no. All things are possible through Christ. But here's the last one. I want you to challenge your certainty. I want you to challenge your certainty. You see, Jesus 
walking on the water. They said, it's a ghost. And Jesus said, don't be afraid. Have courage. Don't be afraid. Have confidence. Don't be afraid. I begin to realize this, and I've said this, um, been preaching for 21 years, I've said this before, but the opposite of faith is fear. The opposite of faith is fear. But I don't disagree with that statement. There's been plenty of things I've done by faith, and I've been afraid. When God says start a church, I said, ha, 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 me, you know, like us, Pastor Lindsay and I. And so starting a church has been the greatest miracle, has been incredible, but it's been scary. Will people show up? Will this happen? Will this take place? Am I going to go, you know, all these different things. But still, faith happened. I had the faith for it, but I was still afraid. So I want to take it a step further. I believe the opposite of faith isn't fear, it's certainty. Because faith, God doesn't give you the full picture. God told Abraham, go that way. And that's all he said. God, if, if, the blind guys, hey, Jesus. They, they had no idea what he would do. They had confidence that he would heal him. But God, did, Jesus didn't heal every single person in the Bible. They had confidence he would do it. But I believe the opposite of faith is a fear. It's certainty. Certainty is a firm conviction that something is the case. So many of us will say, I'll trust God, but I like, I like being over here. I like, to be, I, I like to be on the opposite side of faith because I am certain of what's going to take place. No surprises. No letdowns. I'm certain. I'm cer- I, I, I like this lane. You'll never see miracles in this lane. I believe you'll be stuck in this lane. I believe there's limitations in this lane. But when you step out of faith, it's a little scary. When you step out of faith, it's, it's a little exciting. It's exciting for like a minute. And then you go, what have I done? But anytime I step out of faith, normally God gives me a word that's like 60%. I'm not 100% sure. Sometimes I'm 60% sure. I'm 100% sure. I think it's the Lord. I think this is it. It lines up with his word. I've asked people. I've asked mentors. I I just didn't blindly follow him like, he's the one for me. Ask people, okay? I'm going to marry him. Ask people. Come on. I'm going to date this person. Ask somebody. But anytime God's asked me to step out of faith, it's always been 60%. But the more I step towards him, the more I walk in faith, the more I look back and go, oh, yeah, it was God. I got receipts. It was the Lord. It was him. And church, can I encourage you? There's been a couple times where I go, oh, that wasn't him. That was me. I better, te- I better take a few steps back. And that's okay. That is okay. Mark chapter 9, Jesus said to him, if you believe, all things are possible. To him believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out in tears. He said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. This father brought to Jesus his son who would have convulsions or seizures. And in this, in this portion of scripture, it was known to be demonic. He would fall into the ground, and this particular seizure would, 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 would try to harm him. Place him in the fire, throw him in the water, try to harm this child. And he said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And Jesus saw that people came running together. He rebuked the unclean spirit, saying, deaf and dumb spirit. I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. 
Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him. That's wild. Can I get an amen, right? If I was a bystander, I'd be like, I'm good. You know, like, and this is what happened. And he became as one dead. Maybe he said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. And I love this. When he came into the house, his disciples asked him privately, probably Peter. His disciples asked him privately, why could we not do it? Why couldn't we cast him out? Why couldn't I go, you know? And this is what Jesus said. He said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but by prayer and by fasting. I just want you to know, NIV, NLT, ESV, more current versions have taken out fasting. But this is the New King James Version. In the original language, in the original context, it says prayer and by fasting. So I want to do a possible challenge for us today as we close. I challenge you this week. Man, will you place your confidence in Jesus? Will you completely trust in him? Man, over what? 122 people are getting a text message and an email every single day because they're praying and they're fasting. Man, I challenge you, place your confidence in Jesus. I want you to change your conversations. I want you to speak faith, but I want you to pray impossible prayers. I have this journal at home, and I have a digital version called Day One on my phone. My journal is hidden, and my journal on my phone is locked because I have impossible prayers in there. Impossible prayers that might just make people laugh. I've been laughed at by people in this city when I said, I want that building. Like, ah, <laughs> how big is your church? Uh, it's huge in the kingdom. I've been laughed at. But the third one is I want you to challenge your comfort. This kind does not go out without prayer and without fasting. We've been fasting now for, what, seven days? And I challenge you if, you, haven't do, if you haven't done a Daniel fast, if you messed up this week, if you did 24-hour, if you did whatever, I challenge you, will you fast with us for the rest, of the rest of the time being? Will you fast with us until worship night? Will you text CHALLENGE to 702-727-8280? And will you take the 21-day challenge? Man, will you jump on board with us? Because I want you to challenge your comfort. I want you to challenge your comfort. Can I say the majority of the time Pastor Lindsay and I have seen God do the impossible is after 21 days of prayer fasting. It's after a time with Jesus. Now we got a few moments this morning. Why don't you ask me, just do me a favor, will you stand with me please? And as we have confidence, our confidence is I believe identity is linked to faith. God never looks at somebody in this room and say, I'm not going to heal you. You haven't been living right. God doesn't say that. God doesn't say, I'm not going to. The whole premise of impossible is Jesus says salvation is impossible. But because of God, salvation is now possible, which is the greatest miracle. The greatest miracle is the gift of salvation. But here's what I want to ask you today. What do we got to lose? What do we got to lose? 
What do we got to lose? What, you, what, you, what were you believing for? Did it happen? Not yet. Cool. I'm still believing. I'm still believing. Now we're hearing AIDS. I don't want to. I'm still believing. I'm still believing. I'm still believing. But here's what I'm going to ask you today. Will you challenge your comfort? And I'm going to ask our prayer team, will you guys just come on forward as well? Our prayer team. And uh, probably have to call some other people out as well. And so anybody that's on our prayer team, come forward. Even uh, Bobby Lane, would you guys come forward as well? Kat, would you come forward as well? Paul, come forward as well. I want us to pray for people this morning. If you're in this house today. And I want us to believe for God to do. I'm going to jump in right here. What our worship team is going to do is they're going to pray. They're going to uh, lead us in a song. And we're just going to take a few moments. If you're in your seat and you said, I don't need prayer, I just want you to worship. And I want you to be praying for those that are going to come forward. But let's believe for God to do the impossible today. Let's believe for him to heal the sick. Let's believe for him to open blind eyes and open deaf ears. Let's believe for him to heal infertility. Let's believe for him to heal depression. Let's believe for him to heal our minds and our bodies in Jesus' name. So go ahead, worship team. I'll come back up and close this out. But go ahead, worship team. Will you just lead us in that song? And I want you to just come forward. Yes, Dr. Donna right here. I just want you to believe, to believe. If you don't have any faith, they do. These people do. They just want to pray with you this morning. So come on. Let's come forward. Let's pray.
stuff on the TV as well, some of our announcements. I've been freaking out our team for two weeks in a row, huh? Lorenzo, you okay, man? You are? But we put some of our host moments on the TV in front of us. And here's what I want to do, just for real quick, with every head, every head bowed, every eye closed. I just feel a just an unction. An unction is, I just feel like that's what the Holy Spirit is saying. But we need to uh, give out some, some new passports. We need to give out some new driver's license today. And that is some new identities. Some new identities. I just feel there's just like, like there, there's this and saying, mm, the devil's in your ear going, don't you dare go forward. Don't you dare get prayer. Don't you dare believe. I like exactly where you're at. Believing that you're not good enough. Believing that you have, I'm not fasting, I'm not praying, I'm not even saved. What kind of church is this? I'm not at name and claim a church, but I'm just a church that believes in the Bible. And there is faith in the Bible. So whatever you have about my clothes, if you're here today. And you're saying, Pastor, I wanna I wanna have confidence in Jesus. Doesn't mean you're arrogant, it means you're gonna live a humble life. That confidence in Christ Jesus knows that I'm confident that he's got my back. I'm confident that he's in control. I'm confident that he has my best intentions in mind. I'm confident he'll heal me. I'm most confident that he'll save me. I'm adopted by God. It doesn't matter who raised you. It doesn't matter who birthed you. It doesn't matter your lineage. It doesn't matter your name. It doesn't matter where you came from. All that matters today at this moment right now is who you are in Christ Jesus. You are a child of God. You are a man of God. So if that's you today and you say, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus or I need to recommit my life to Jesus, just raise a hand say, that's me. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you forward for this one. Just raise a hand say, that's me, Pastor. One, anyone else? Just anyone else? Two, anyone else? I'm not going to embarrass you. That's all I'm going to do. Two hands today. Come on. Anyone else? Two hands. And uh, I want us to pray a prayer. We're going to pray a prayer of salvation and healing. And if you prayed that prayer, will you please follow the Connect card and let us know. You can even text Jesus 
or scan this QR code that's about to be up here in a moment. Next week, we have Connect One Day. I am confident that you can make an eternal difference at this church. I'm confident that you can serve. I'm confident that you can give. I'm confident that you can leave a legacy in this church. Let's encourage you to do those, all those things. See, I just beasted out a host moment, everybody. Come on. But after I say amen, I'm going to stay far. I'd love to be in the hallway, high five folks. But I'm going to stay up front as well. And if you're hesitant about prayer, I just feel like you need prayer. Or if you're with somebody today, and after I say amen, I want you to nudge them and go, need prayer? I'll go with you. I'll come forward with you. So I just do not want you to, I don't want any obstacle to come through. Any obstacle to stop you from hearing from God today. Amen? All right, let's all pray this prayer together. Say, dear Jesus, say thank you for dying on the cross. Say thank you for paying for my sins. Say forgive me of my sins. Say be Lord of my life. Say the best way you know how. I'm going to live for you because I now know who I am. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. Come on, everybody. Give God a shout today.